Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. On. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Hans Decker, head of growth at Wizza. Having run countless cold emailing campaigns, either for himself or for clients over the years, Hans has often found himself frustrated with his options when it comes to prospecting low quality emails, slow or one by one scraping options, and sketchy or painfully expensive tools. Wizza fixes that. Gone are the days of bounced emails, copy and paste, and jumping between tools. Wizza is a new breed of sales tool that makes LinkedIn lead generation a seamless experience. With Wizza, you can generate hundreds of valid emails in one click. Turn any LinkedIn search into a clean list of verified email addresses ready for outreach. And the beauty of Wizza is that there's no monthly charge. It's pay as you go for each valid email found. Hans, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you very much. I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I like that interview. You might use that for one of our commercials. So I'm, yeah. uh, I, might, <laughs> I might cut that off. I, I appreciate that. I'm good. Thank you. Despite the times, of course, so we're in the yeah. middle of a lockdown here in Spain. I'm Dutch. Mm-hmm. I moved to Spain about a year and a half ago uh, in the middle of the lockdown, but I've been working remotely for two years now. So for me, there's not too much changing, but I can see a lot of things changing around me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm good. Thank you. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you on. And hopefully you're doing well during this time. If anyone who's listening, we got the coronavirus outbreak going on. So everyone pretty much everywhere is locked down. On the business side of things, can you walk us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now over at Wizza? Yeah, definitely. So I never did really great in school, um, which is um, which sort of directed my career in a certain area, in a certain certain part. Let's let's put it that way. So when I was still in school, I preferred doing other things. I was traveling. I had some hobbies where I was making money. That I figured, you know what, I'll spend some more time on this. And then at one point, I to get a job. That's that point is going to come for all of us. So I started in door to door sales. I've always I love um, it. I love I, that. I always thought you know sales is interesting. So that's where I started. Went pretty good, and I worked myself up uh, to a team manager, etc. And then later in my career, I started as a manager in a really big retail store in Holland. Well, they're really nice. big in in Europe, but. I was working Holland at the time. So I did that for a few years, but the whole marketing sales thing, it was still always in the back of my head. It was still something that was always interesting to me. So if I would have enjoyed school, I would have probably studied something in, in that area, in that direction. 
But as, of course, we're living in 2020 now, and back then it was 2017, I think, where I really started studying for myself. You can find everything online. You can basically become anything you want to be, even if you're not great at studying. So I picked up um, my Google Ads certificate. I started getting into marketing. I started working as a freelancer. Uh, I got some clients here and there doing marketing for them. And that sort of escalated in me, uh, started my own agency called Outreach Agency together with other people and later my own Outreach Agency where I was doing cold outreach on behalf of clients. We would set up cold emailing campaigns. We would do uh, part of their sales efforts as well, but mostly just really the cold outreach campaigns. But then I ran into Wizza. I really love what Wizza does. It solved a big pain point that I had when I was still running my own campaigns. And I joined as the head of growth. And here we are. I love it. I love um, door-to-door sales and retail experience. I, I feel like door-to-door sales is the most raw form of sales. Definitely. And you learn, you're face-to-face with people and you can learn so much so quickly just from being in that environment. I learned a lot of creative swear words as well, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I do get cursed out a lot, but yes, yep. I learned some really interesting tricks and just uh, it's a good teacher. What are some things you learned from those early experiences in door-to-door and retail? When we're speaking strictly door-to-door, there's a few things I learned. First of all, that hard work pays. I mean, all of us, um, if you're not, you're not born with that lesson, so you, you learn it at some point. And I noticed a lot of my colleagues, they were, for example, they were walking door-to-door. Well, there were also other guys, they started running door-to-door just to get more more numbers, mm-hmm. basically. And I figured, you know what? I'll start running door-to-door. And you, you start running from door-to-door just those few hours that you're working just to get your numbers up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another big lesson I've learned, which um, I actually find myself applying to cold email these days, is that no one likes being sold to. So when you have your days that are particularly slow, when you just cannot get your foot in the door, in that case, quite literally, actually, yeah, um, it helps not to actually try and sell to people. So not to go like, hey, this is my pitch. Uh, do you want to buy this? Or do you want to donate to this? Or do you want to get this subscription? Instead, you go more for like a networking approach. So I would say, hey, how's it going? Uh, what are you up to? What do you think of the weather? This and that. You just take more like a networking conversational type approach, which also then works in sales or cold email uh, when Mm -hmm. you take it online. So instead of saying, hey, this is my pitch. Do you want to have a call next week on Tuesday afternoon? You say, hey, um, I'm Hans. This is what I do. And I'm working with a lot of people in your industry. I think what you're doing is really interesting. I would love to maybe learn a little bit more about what you're doing and just have a quick chat about that. And then because networking is really important. Anyone who's been in business for for a few years knows that. So just to really take that networking approach and that conversation, just trying to spark up a conversation instead of trying to pitch and sell. So I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned in door-to-door sales was that, um, yes, you're in sales, you have a sales role, but your role is not to sell. It's to have interesting conversations and see Mm -hmm. where you can help people or where you can solve problems for people. So that is something that I learned pretty early on, despite being in that, as you call, like a really raw sales uh, environment, so to say. Gotcha. And you mentioned, you know, you took some of this, these learnings to cold email. One of those big things was just starting a conversation with people over email, not immediately getting them to buy something. How does that fit into the overall kind of uh, your process of cold email or how you approach selling via email? What is your kind of the high level points of your strategy for doing that? 
Sure. So I do think that there, there's no silver bullet to call email or one size fits all. It's really, really different. So for example, for Wiza, we're a um, we're pretty cheap. Our price point is pretty low. So for us, we have a very short sales cycle, and it is different than when you're selling your your enterprise software yeah. um, software solution or when you're selling consultancy services. So I would say, for example, when you're a consultant, that whole networking approach might probably make a lot more sense where you're saying, hey, I see this is what you're doing. I actually consult people such as yourself. You want to grab a cup of coffee sometime. That would be my cold email approach there, probably. Instead of saying, hey, I'm a consultant, 5K a month, I will advise you on what you need to be doing. Um, then again, for Wiz, it's a little bit more direct. We're saying, hey, this, uh, we, we know from experience that this is a pain point that you're very likely to be experiencing. Then this is our solution. It's, it's a very low price point. We'll give you a free trial. So no pressure, but just check it out. And it's more direct. So I think um, in my current situation, I'm a little bit more direct. So I'm not taking those lessons. I'm not putting them to practice too much. But as I mentioned earlier, I don't think there's one silver bullet. There's right. one clear-cut approach that works for, for every single industry or product or service. Right. And it seems like the more defined the problem or pain point you solve along with the, you know, the smaller the price point means that the less someone has to make this, they don't have to make a huge commitment to try your service. So you can be more direct in your approach, right? You can, you can get more to the point because they won't have to make a huge commitment and the problem you're solving is more narrow. Whereas if like you mentioned enterprise or you're a consultant, right? You have to do discovery. You have to kind of figure out exactly what the pain point or problems are. There's probably multiple. And then kind of you start a conversation there because if you jump right into selling, you don't know what they need yet. You don't know where they're at. Like it just won't work like that. So it seems like what Exactly. And then again, within, within that area that we're operating in, there's then there are differences as well. So if we try and pitch Wizard to complete with a headcount of a thousand, it's going to be very different mm-hmm. than when we're pitching our services to a small uh, lead, gen, uh, lead gen company with, with three people and a couple of VAs because then you pitch it to the decision maker and he says yes or no, that's it. Well, even though, let's say our price, our monthly plan started 50 bucks when we're trying to pitch that to a thousand um, thousand people headcount company mm-hmm. then still we know there's a lot of decision makers involved and this person has to sign off on it they need to pitch to that person so even then within that area there are differences to be um, that, that you need to take into account as well gotcha nuances in the sale depending on the, the customer where they're at exactly and just like when we get into marketing and sales and we're on you guys handle a lot with um, cold outreach. What sorts of trends are you seeing? How are things changing? I've noticed a lot of things have changed over the past couple of years. I'm interested to see what you have your eye on these days with cold outreach. When it comes to cold outreach, I'm a pretty conservative guy, actually. As you can imagine, I'm a big fan of, of cold email. Mm-hmm. Um, then I am a big fan and it's becoming more and more and more important. And it's nothing new to you or people listening, but automation is, of course, something, something really big that's becoming even more and more important. Uh, with Wizard, we're sort of like an automation-enabling tool as well, where we take a big part of that manual work of your workflow. Mm-hmm. But then there's there's a lot of 
different ways of automation, just really small things uh, for inbound sales, for example, where you always where you have tools that allow you to always have the right resources available so you can really quickly, for example, get the right PDF to the right person. And when it comes to cold outreach, there's a lot of tools that allow you to add multiple touch points, for example, that allow you to track cold email on a more on a better level where you can really see from each touch point, okay, this person clicked through to your website and then you can then automatically trigger the next follow-up just to really make things more efficient. Because I think in sales, there are two really clear divides where you have people that say, listen, sales needs to be human because you're selling to people and you need to have that human touch where you people buy from people, which is definitely true. However, still within that, I think automation can really help with making things a lot more efficient. So I think more and more people start to realize that. So I think that really clear divide that you still have where people are saying, listen, it's either you do automation or you have that really clear human-based approach. I think that divide in between, so the border is trying, it's becoming a bit of a, of a gray area where people are saying, you know, yes, the human touch is important, but we're now seeing that automation um, can really help us get the human touch, but on a bigger scale, get it out to more people because it helps us do things a lot uh, quicker. hope that makes sense. Absolutely. Where does that balance exist between, you know, being human and efficiency? How can people still reach out to prospects at scale? What tools can they use to reach out to prospects at scale without sounding or coming across like a robot with tons of automated outbound copy and paste messages. What can people do to kind of shrink that or become more efficient while staying human? I think the main tool is LinkedIn because in the end, if you want to yeah. get information on, on your prospects, then they put it out there on LinkedIn because people are starting to realize more and more that they need, um, they need, well, first of all, they need content, they need to be out there themselves, but they also want to build their personal brand and they the people share things online and you do it on LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, you can really see what people are doing. Heck, you can see which school they went to. So you can start your first, the first sense of your cold email saying, hey, I see you've been to this university, um, uh, so have I, or I know this and that person, do you know him? It's only going to take you five or 10 seconds to look up that information. So. When it comes to that, LinkedIn is really, really powerful, I think. Then when you're more at enterprise levels, you need different different information, then LinkedIn can still help because it can show you um, technology that companies are using. It can show you uh, funding information, revenue information, so it can still help there. But then again, there's a lot of other tools um, that allow you in one click to get to see recent company news, for example. LinkedIn, uh, well, mainly Sales Navigator, um, also allows you to see, for example, people or companies that have been in the news, but they still need to step up their game there a little bit to make that a little bit more, um, to to improve there, to make that more efficient, more effective. But there's plenty of, for example, Chrome extensions that allow you to straight from Gmail, see uh, people, their information, if they've been in the news, if their company's been in the news. Uh, but LinkedIn, again, they're definitely stepping up their game. Um, just in the last quarter, they've had some very interesting updates in Sales Navigator. For me, it's just all about LinkedIn and Sales Navigator at this point. Gotcha. So you're using LinkedIn to find, you're looking for some sort of context on this person or even buying signals, right? A buying signal might, might be something in the news, right? If this person, if this company just hired someone new, right? If, um, 
you know, they may have gotten an investment from another company, right? They may be looking exactly. to, to purchase some more tools and also research, right? You're researching more about the prospects that you're reaching out to, trying to find some sort of common ground. What about for people who, you know, some people are very active on LinkedIn and others, there may not be a lot of info out there. They may not use it very often. What about those people who you may be trying to contact? You don't have a big footprint on LinkedIn. Sure. So as long as they're on LinkedIn, there's plenty of information to be had because there's also information on that company. So I think gotcha. the main key would be to to save those leads into a list because then that way LinkedIn automatically updates you whenever something relevant happens. You can set those filters in your sales navigator preferences, uh, preferences where you can say, okay, listen, I want every single update or only when you change their jobs or where something happens to their company or what have you. And then that way you just have your feed right there on LinkedIn where it says, okay, this person recently posted something or hey, this guy's, this person's company, uh, this account has accelerated growth. And then you can, for example, your, I don't know, your recruitment, you can say, hey, congrats, I see you guys are growing very rapidly. Um, if you want to keep up with hiring as well to make sure that no, there are no bottlenecks there, then hey, let's have a chat. Or um, just save those people or save those accounts on LinkedIn and then that way, uh, LinkedIn will do all the research for you, basically. Gotcha. So you are putting these leads into a short list and making sure that you're waiting for something, not necessarily waiting, but when something relevant pops up that can be used to your advantage, you're using that as context to reach out to the person. Exactly. And then once you start recognizing that, you can also filter for that as well. So you can, for example, when you're just getting started and you don't have time to start tracking people or when you're, just, when you're like us and you're selling services that are a bit of a lower pricing point where it doesn't make sense to really take that account-based approach, you can say, okay, I want um, people with, with certain headcount growth or with certain uh, revenue growth or with certain revenue or what have you. And then you're sort of doing the same. And then you can use that as well to reach out. So yes, you can take really that account-based approach depending on, on the market that you're in, or you can have your predefined filters and then try and spin that into a more of a personalized uh, way of reaching out. Gotcha. And for people who are listening who may not be familiar with that, Hans is talking about in LinkedIn Sales Navigator, you can see if you look at a company, they'll have indicators like revenue growth, headcount growth, like he was mentioning. So, and those can be really helpful to show you, right? If a company's hiring people, that means things are going right, <laughs> you know, at least for the most Pretty part, much, right? Yeah. And they're looking to invest. So that's a good buying signal. Revenue growth is, of course, a good buying signal. Um, so you can use those to your advantage. And the reason I reached out and asked you about this interview is because I really like the pain point that your company, the problem you solve, because it can be a hassle. And we're kind of at that point now and, and kind of going through this conversation and kind of where that your company meets the, the pain point we're at, which is you've got this list of people, right? Mm -hmm. The short list of people and you want to reach out to them. And one of the things that's been most difficult for me is getting their information their correct information off of LinkedIn and going through this, if anyone's gone through this process manually, it can be very difficult to do. Not necessarily like tough, but just time consuming, tedious. So can you tell us about getting these prospects, you know, their information off of LinkedIn and then kind of how that transitions into prospecting? Sure, definitely. So just to quickly um, go back to, to my background, I used to run a lot of cold email campaigns on behalf of clients for others and 
that was a big bottleneck because at some point we couldn't take on more clients because it just took so long to get our prospecting list, to get the list, to put them together. So yes, you could add another VA who can do that research for you, but it's just a lot of steps. And when you're a single salesperson or when you're a team leader managing salespersons who I think on average is what 17% of their time that they're spending on prospecting, that is a lot of time that you could be spending on other things as well. It was very frustrating for me. I literally remember me going through those lists and doing that copy and pasting and everything where I was thinking, man, the computer should be doing this for me. So that's basically what WeSell does. So instead of then taking a person, maybe saving it to a list, then copying their name, looking for them online or using some sort of tool to then find them online or using a different tool that go to find these people one by one, what instead you could do is you could either say, okay, listen, we have a pretty wide profile and we'll make a list of 2,000 people. we we'll click export. We have all those people. We have their emails. We have a bunch of other information as well. Plus, those emails are being verified in the process. So instead of you then having to take that list, they go to Neverbounce or Zerobounce or wherever, upload that list, then seeing 50% of that list being being done from nothing, and then download again, then being able to reach out. Instead, we do that for you. So you have your 2,000 people, you click export, you wait, um, 2,000 people takes about one hour. One hour later, you have about 1,000 to 1,200 validated email addresses. And that's it, that's all the rest of it. So we do the validation for you, it takes two clicks, that's it. Or you could say, listen, our profile is a bit more narrow, so we're a bit more um, specific about who we're going to reach out to. So you go through your search manually, you see five out of 25 people that are interesting, you add them to a list, then in the end you have a list of 200 people, you do the same. You go to the list of 200 people who you manually picked, and then instead of your next step being finding their email addresses and validating them, instead your next step is clicking export emails with WISA, and you can close your computer, go and do something else. You get an email, and in the email you have a list of validated, verified email addresses who you can reach out to. Wow. And how much time does that save, you know, from just an estimate from whether if you're doing 200 contacts or 2000 contacts, how much time does that save people? On average, I don't think that's, that's fair to say, but we have had plenty of people who said, listen, because of you guys were working four or five times faster. And I think that's wow. a pretty safe number to take away for, well, to use, let's put it that way. So I really think that you can do your whole prospecting four or five times faster and of course, depending on your workflow, maybe if your workflow is really manual, you could do it literally 10 times faster. Uh, we've been mm-hmm. working with really big companies and they mentioned the same that, I mean, they're, I'm mentioning they're big companies because you would assume they have some really um, official workflows in place, but still they mentioned, listen, with Wiza, it's going four or five times faster and it's really um, it's saving time and it's saving money as well because you don't have to, uh, have, to have subscription or credits for validation services. Absolutely. And just switching between services takes time too, right? Even though each service can be pretty convenient on its own, right? It just takes time to switch between and um, you can save that time working with one tool. So it sounds to me like this can be good for any company that's doing email outreach, but what types of companies have gotten the most benefit from using this, whether it be like um, mid-market enterprise, what types of company, any outside of tech, has it been mostly tech? What does that customer makeup typically look like for you guys? 
Sure. So we, um, I, I would guess about 20% of our customer base, they're growth hacking agencies or agencies doing outreach on behalf of clients. Right now, they either have a bunch of VAs that are working with who are getting those, putting those lists together. But instead, you could have one person just using Wizard throughout the day. And they're, they're interesting clients for us and Wizard is interesting for them as well. And then I think the biggest share of our clients, their sales teams and mid-market tech companies, so your, your SaaS companies, those are the ones who are utilizing cold email the most in my personal experience. And then we have consultants or sales teams at different types of companies, but most of them are mid-market with, with definitely, I would say, 10, 15% still larger companies. So we're also working with Cloudera, with Oracle, the Brooklyn Nets, for example, working with them as well. So there's definitely um, Amazon AWS, they're a big client as well. Um, but the biggest share, yeah, they're mid-market and they're in the tech industry. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Got some agencies who are using your service on behalf of, or using your service to reach out to people to help them decrease or increase their efficiency. A lot of mid-market, which I expected because you have a wider pool of people you're reaching out to in the mid-market for a SaaS company. And then you've got your enterprise customers. So absolutely. And I'm really interested to hear this. The last question I've got for you is, at least for now, is, those workflows, you mentioned like this fits really, really well into a company's workflow. Since you're working with companies, asking questions, learning about different industry or learning about how different companies have workflows in the tech industry like SaaS, what are some really efficient workflows you've seen that companies have been using for their salespeople just from the whole prospecting workflow? Sure. So, yes, I've been talking with a lot of sales companies and they're, I think the most successful sales teams, what they're mostly doing is they're having that right balance of personalization where they're not spending too much time on reaching out one by one, obviously, but they're also not just blasting out emails and, and burning through thousands or even tens of thousands of leads. I think they have that really great balance where you're saying, but for example, we set up a custom variable where you have your first sentence of your call email, which is something you personalize. So you go on LinkedIn and you see, and you say, hey, I saw your last post about um, inbound marketing strategies. And I really liked, uh, I really liked this point, you really drove it home. Uh, that is your first sentence. So there's a custom variable. And then that's it. The rest is still more of a, well, I wouldn't call it copy and paste, but it's a template that you've tested and you, and you know that works. So that definitely helps, but then also adding a few more touch points probably in there. So that could either be connecting with people on LinkedIn or just visiting their profile or sending a message there or uh, trying to reach out by phone as well. Just making sure that you have more than one touch point in there, uh, which is, um, is something that can be tricky because automation on LinkedIn is not something that I would advise because LinkedIn is actively hunting those tools down. Mm. So that is something it's effective, but I'm not feeling great about advising it. So, for right. example, um, having your touch where you email people and then you also you also have a phone call in there, for example, or you have an automated, you use Drop Cowboy, for example, to have an automated voice, uh, voicemail message in there, just to make sure you have a few extra touch points in there. I think those are the most effective sales campaigns that I've seen. Gotcha. Okay. Using that first line personalization so the person knows that, hey, you're reaching out to me and only me. You know, the rest of that email being that a tested 
template that works. And then omni-channel outreach, right? Using phone, using email, using LinkedIn, using multiple touch points and just following up. Love Definitely. it. Definitely. Yeah. Love it. Hans, it's been great to chat with you today to learn more about your background and WIZA. Um, for people who are interested in speaking with you about something you may have mentioned today or interested in discussing possibly, you know, taking WIZA for a test drive or working with you or WIZA, what's a good way to get in touch with you? You can either reach me personally, that is Hans at WIZA.co. And what people find really interesting is we offer 20 free credits, which means 20 valid uh, email addresses. So just head over to wiza.co, just W-I-Z-A.co. Um, if you register for an account there, you'll get 20 credits for free. You can just give it a try, no strings attached. And because, well, when we're recording this, I'm not sure when people are going to be listening, but we're recording this during what we mentioned earlier, the corona outbreak and businesses are shutting down, which is something that we've noticed. And we really want to help other business owners who are taking all the risk now and trying to keep their people employed. We want to uh, help them as best as we can as well. So if you reach out in chat, we'll give you 50 extra credits which you can then use to, well, you have 70 credits, 70 valid emails, 70 cold emails, which you can then hopefully use to um, either save or uh, add some new business deals, which will help you uh, get through a difficult time. Awesome, man. Love it. Great to hear you guys are doing something special during this difficult time for people. And I learned a lot chatting from you, man. I really am interested to see how you and the company both grow and, and follow and the both of you. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. And uh, well, same here. I enjoyed chatting with you. Awesome. You have a good one, Hans. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.